1: Hey folks, I'm Harry Ostman, Indianapolis Star. This is Mind Your Banners for September 30th, 2022. He is Dustin DiPirac, inside Insider, Bloomington, Herald Times. Uh, we're doing this a day late. I'd love to give you a good reason for that. It's just because I forgot to do it yesterday. Um, Dustin, Indiana, at Nebraska this weekend. I think we'll get into some hoops talk next week uh, ahead of Hoosier hysteria. But let's keep it on football for one more week. Um We'll dive into the matchup, but in in the wider sense, the more I have looked at these two teams this week, obviously we've seen bits and pieces of Nebraska over the first four weeks of the season. Um, <clears throat> it is hard for me to escape the idea that Indiana probably should win this game. And I don't say that very often. Um you know, is as much, That's not a joke about IU football. That's just, I don't like making predictions and, um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that can happen in, in a matchup. And listen, I think there are obviously some reasons why Indiana is going to be up against it this week and sell out crowd night game homecoming. I get it's Lincoln. I get the name on the Jersey is, is a, still a big deal. Um, but in terms of the actual, actual matchup, there are just some very obvious ways Indiana needs to exploit Nebraska and ought to be able to exploit Nebraska. And if Indiana is a genuine bowl team, um, then, then this is a game they win.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're. I, I mean, I'm certainly, certainly I agree. I mean, I, I think if, if they're going to be a bull team, they absolutely have to win this game. It's, it's, it's I, I it's like a non-negotiable. I, I think as far as that's concerned, I mean, I, you, you're going to have a real hard time. Um, if you lose this game, I think you have a real hard time beating Maryland. Um, and then I think you have a real hard time getting, um, you know, uh, shocking somebody in November. Uh, not shocking. I mean, like I, I don't think Michigan state or Purdue is a shock at this point, the way the, You know, Michigan State sort of come certainly come back to earth this year and and Purdue's been just okay. Um, But still, you know, if if you lose lose this game, I have a hard time seeing you beating three other teams that are less on the schedule at this point. So that's for sure. But no, I mean, yeah, to your point, I mean, they they are um, the team that has been the most exposed. I mean, they've given up 35 and a half a game uh, so far, um, given up 280 uh, through the air. Uh, you know, almost seven per attempt uh, 233.5 on the ground by average. I mean, that those are just gaudy, gaudy numbers. And certainly, uh, you know, Nebraska's just not that's just not supposed to happen. 514 yards of total offense on average. And they've only really played one team that's above their heads, uh, you know, that that being Oklahoma. and And certainly that's that that's part of the equation as to why. Uh, they've given up that many points, but they've also given up a lot to Georgia Southern and a lot to, to Northwestern. Um, so it shouldn't be out of the realm at all for Indiana to be able to hang 35, you know, on on this Nebraska team. That that should be very doable um, for them. And, and that should give them a crack at winning it. Now, they've got some offensive weapons. They managed to move the ball a lot. And, you know, uh, we, we have seen um some holes in this indiana defense obviously going back to last week against cincinnati there are guys that could give them some problems trey palmer you i think you mentioned on twitter this week i think in, in your um uh in your five things you're watching um but so there are there are ways that they could get burned but there are there is as much opportunity uh as there will be on the rest of the schedule
1: yeah i, I think the the if we're talking the statistical matchups, Nebraska is, as you said, is, is poor just about everywhere defensively. They are awful defending the pass. Like they are they are so bad. Um, they are last in the conference and passing yards allowed. They are um they only have four sacks in four games they only have two picks in four games if you look at the advanced numbers their havoc rate overall is under 10% it's 111th in the country they do not create havoc plays consistently um they if you look at their kind of their underlying defensive numbers um they are 115th in the country in points per drive at 2.8, almost 2.8. They are 126th in the country in yards per drive at more than 40. They are 131st in the country at plays per game faced. In other words, the other team is now, some of that is because they played the Northwestern team that moves very fast, surprisingly fast because it's Northwestern, but guess what? Indiana is going to want to do that too. Um, you look at things like success rate, efficiency, explosiveness, Um, They only forced three and outs on 15.7% of opponents' drives. That's been a problem for Indiana this year. Um, Nebraska is 124th nationally in three and out, opponent three and out percentage. Um, And then if you look at, I mean, as as poor as they've been against the run, uh, they're as bad or worse against the pass. Passing success rate is 49% for opponents. That's 117th in the country. They do limit explosive plays uh, fairly well but opponents are completing 66.5% of their passes. Um, They're completing or or, or average air yards per pass is 6.7, which is 114th in the country. Adjusted net yards per attempt is 7.2, which is 81st in the country. There is, um, and and then if you look at, uh, in particular, two, two stats that jumped out at me, passing down, opponent passing down success rate, is 43.2 <clears> percent which is 129th in the country and if you go i can't uh where is it it's sack uh here it is standard down sack rate they're 94th in the in the country passing down sack rate is only 1.5 percent that's 127th in the country so they're not even like even in, pa- in passing downs they're actually worse at getting to the quarterback and creating pressure at least according to the numbers now They did fire their defensive coordinator two weeks ago. They've got an interim in. They've had the bye week, um, so they've had some time to work on some things. But it's not just that Nebraska's bad defensively. It's that Nebraska's bad defensively everywhere Indiana believes it should be good defensively. And everywhere when we have seen flashes from this offense, everywhere those flashes have have, have really kind of manifested themselves, which is in a – quick, regular, high-tempo passing attack that will push the ball down the field some, but it's really much more about just tearing things off in chunks, eight yards, 12 yards, comeback route, you know, button hook, out, and, and you know, just, just being able to build drives that that maybe they go fast, but they take eight, nine plays, they march down the field. Now, we could look at a lot of Indiana's numbers I can tell you right now, without just spitting a bunch of numbers, a bunch more numbers at you, a lot of Indiana's numbers for what they would like to do to to, to exploit some of these weaknesses aren't great either. Indiana goes three and out too often, for example. Um, Indiana is obviously not completing nearly a, a high enough percentage of its passes. <clears throat> but on paper, not only is Nebraska bad defensively. They are particularly bad against the kind of offense Indiana believes it has the capacity to be, and that's why if if this is a bowl team or even a team that's going to threaten to make the bowl field, that's going to let's say be five and six going into the Purdue game. We've had that that discussion before. This is a game. I think Indiana's got to find a way to win.
0: Yeah, no I, I, agreement there, obviously. I mean, the, the where where they've been good, where. Where they've been good when they are good is that sort of intermediate, you know, passing the intermediate to deep, not necessarily straight up deep balls, um, but you know your fifteen yard outs, your twenty yard outs, your you know like twenty five yard, you know. Ten yard slants to turn into twenty five when you get some, you know, yards after the catch when you basically you, you kind of lead a guy over the middle and he takes it another fifteen yards. That kind of stuff has been really good for them, and if that's what Nebraska is giving up, that's what Indiana can take advantage of. No, hundred percent, and yeah, it, it's like it sets up for them. You know, again, I I, I do think obviously playing in Lincoln matters. I do think, um, you know, like it, as you mentioned, name on the Jersey does matter for that for those reasons um, is that it's going to be a you know hostile environment and such. And they're you know, I don't know. I'm sure it's an emotional Nebraska is an emotional place right now. Um, you know, just coming off the firing and everything else. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, if you imagine this on a neutral field and look and just sort of look at strengths and weaknesses, it is, there are, Weaknesses that Indiana absolutely should take advantage of.
1: That is kind of the other part of it. And and that's the part that can't really be quantified. Um, But like. uh, And we'll get into, I I can, we can get into a couple of things like Nebraska could do well to Indiana, primarily down to some, you know, if Nebraska, if we were having this conversation on a Nebraska podcast, things that Nebraska would, uh, you know, somebody from Nebraska would say, you know, well, we should be able to exploit this, but the 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 un um, the less quantifiable part of this is yes, they've had a bye week. And like, for example, Indiana should be prepared, its fans should be prepared for Nebraska to score on their first drive. Like they've been practicing for it for two weeks. Um, but at the same time, this is a bad team, and I'm not picking on them. I want to be really clear, but it, it is a bad team. You look at, if you, if you look at, for example, Bill Connolly's spreads for the rest of the season, Nebraska's a, a five and a half, six point favorite on, uh, on Saturday there, there'll be a currently a one point underdog at Rutgers next week. They're close to a three point underdog at the end of the month against Illinois at home. Everything else is eight points or higher. Um, you know, the best case scenario for this group is probably like three and nine is the best case scenario is basically that they win two more games and they don't have to go down in history as the first 10 loss team ever at Nebraska. That's usually not something that, 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 that's not a rally around the flag thing usually. Right. Um, Particularly not in a situation like this when the coaching change has already happened. There's no question about that. That's not lingering over anything. And everyone is essentially just waiting for December to find out who's the head coach. Do I have a place? Should I go in the portal? Who's going to be retained? Who's going to be let go? And it's homecoming and it's, it's, it's Memorial Stadium. It's Nebraska. So you have to respect all that. and You have to respect that if you let Nebraska score on their first two drives – they're going to be up for it because they are rested and they're still proud. Like, again, these, 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 it's not like these guys are all going to be clubbing the night before the game. But if you're Indiana, this is the kind of game where you need to have solved your issue with slow starts because winning this game, I, I suspect a big part of winning this game is going to be getting ahead of Nebraska quickly. Like this is, I I am normally, for example, when the toss defer guy, that's just my general attitude. I would take the ball in this game and I would try to score immediately. And I would make Nebraska play from behind immediately as, as best I could. And if there's, if, if you told me right now, there's a world where Indiana's up 24, 10 at halftime, I would say the game's over because I've, I've been on, and it's not apples to apples. I understand that, but there are some ways in which football is just football. I've been on bad football teams. You you know, you, you don't, you never vocalize it, but at some point in your own mind, you're thinking, what am I fighting for? We're bad. We're going to stay bad. I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're not going to a bowl. I'm fighting to finish three and nine instead of two and 10. Is that really worth it to me? No. So, you know, if Indiana makes it hard for him, if it's 17-7, if it's 24-7, I think suddenly it's, you know, suddenly Nebraska just – and I think that if – I get that Oklahoma's immensely better than Nebraska, but if there was going to be some sort of fight back in that vein, we would have – I think we would have seen more sign of it at Oklahoma against Oklahoma. There would have been more. They wouldn't have necessarily won the game, but it would not have just been this, like, totally academic steamrolling, which is basically how that game turned out. This is just a game where Indiana has got to get started fast and has to find its rhythm quickly. It's got to, it's got to take that, that belief away from Nebraska because it shouldn't be terribly hard.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you might not have to do it on the first drive or the second drive, but you have to do it in the first quarter and you have to do it in the first half. Uh, I, think, I think you're totally right there. Because if you, on the flip side, I think if you give them some belief, that can be dangerous because I mean, obviously just rolling with an interim head coach, um, you know, just on on the same side that there's like, you're just waiting for December. There's also nothing to lose now, you know, like there's, there's, you've already lost what you're afraid of, you know, like if you were ever afraid of that in the first place, you know, maybe they you know, maybe they were sick of the guy. I don't know. Cause we like, uh, Frost was the guy who was talking about everybody throwing up. Right. I mean, they might've just hated him from the jump and they might be, you know, thrilled to death that he's gone already. Um, But all, all the same. I mean, there's there's some there's of a- at least a-
1: usually like a bit of a release of pressure. Like, no, that's not lingering over everybody.
0: Right. Exactly. You're not. But saying that a- release was three weeks fire ago. They're not going to fire him. That's over. And so but, but
1: that was but that was three weeks ago.
0: Sure. Yeah. You're past that. And obviously and, and, and you went out the next next game and you got roughed up by Oklahoma. But this is in Oklahoma. And, you know, you've had a sort of week to reset and get it together and say, OK, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, maybe they love Mickey Joseph. I don't know. Maybe they do. And maybe they want to win for him and, and you know, keep his name in the discussion and say, you know, like, and, and hold on to that belief that if he does well enough, they can keep him. Something like that. I don't know. You know, I, I, don't, I, I haven't followed that piece of it closely enough uh, to know kind of where their heads are at as far as that's concerned. But, you know, again, if, if you get some momentum, then 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 you have like in some way you've got more weight behind you. And if they take it away from you, then you have a hard time, get harder time getting it going than you would normally. Um, so yeah, I I think that's one I think you're totally right. Is that you have to, you know, like you, you don't, you don't want it to be close at half. You, you, you want to have some breathing room at half. And at that point, just be able to put the throttle down after that.
1: Um, Ways Nebraska can hurt Indiana beyond just the obvious things Indiana needs to get better at. Um, Trey Palmer is very good. He operates out of the slot a lot. You mentioned this was in my 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 five keys or whatever. He's Nebraska's best receiver. He's got almost twice as many targets. He's got more than twice as many catches as anybody else. And I think something like close to 40% of his snaps are coming out of the slot. Basically, I'm just sort of curious, does Indiana change anything does it look at Noah Pierre and say we're we're gonna, um, you know, we're just gonna give you that assignment until you you prove you can't take it? Does it kick Taiwan Mullen down into the slot? We've seen Mullen, you know, very very good in there. Not that he's bad on the outside, but he's very good in there. You can move Pierre outside if you need to for a week. He's played plenty of corner. Um, and then obviously the run game I think is is. You know, this is this is almost more of a game, maybe in some ways, a test of kind of a combination of how Indiana adjusts from Cincinnati, where they were clearly hellbent on stopping the run and it wound up hurting them in the past. Um, and also just maybe to some extent, Indiana's nerve, like if you if you you're, you're fresh off a game where the whole defensive game plan was built around not letting Cincinnati run the ball and sort of daring them to beat you deep. And they did. Um. Now somebody else is, is, you know, at least on paper, it would make sense to try and attack Nebraska. Similarly, do you have the nerve to do it? Do, do I mean, do you just have the, the physical nerve to say it didn't work last week, but we're confident that with the adjustments we made at halftime and how much better we were in the second half against Cincinnati and all the prep time we've had between Cincinnati and Nebraska, it will work this week. You know, those are the two things I'm really curious about from Indiana's perspective, certainly on these sort of Nebraska offense, Indiana defense matchup.
0: Yeah. I, I just don't think they'll load up the same way. I don't, I, I don't think you'll see. I, I, I just, I, I think safety help will be a, um, you know, uh, will remain critical. I, I, I think if you're Tom Allen, you got burned that hard um, basically by, by sort of overcommitting there and putting some guys on islands. I don't think you're You, you know, I, I don't think you trust it. Um, if if you have anybody that you're even remotely concerned about in terms of them throwing the ball, and so I'm mean, like not not that you know I I don't I don't think Nebraska is going to have nearly the passing game that, that Cincinnati did, but um, you know and, and like it, it doesn't take much you know is is the thing for something to go wrong. I mean like I don't know what Taiwan Mullen was doing on the Tyler Scott you know thing. I mean he just he flipped his hips the wrong way. I don't I don't know what he was looking at, what he was thinking. I think Cincinnati, he's got beat on a double move. I mean. Yeah, that's
1: that's the point of a double move. And obviously you don't expect a good corner to get beat on very often, but everybody gets beat sometime. That's the point of a double move.
0: He got entirely turned around. And so bottom line is that you're just not, you know, I just I just would not have a lot of confidence in just, you know, putting guys out on islands, you know, just just would not have a ton of confidence. And that's not everything. I mean, they had like one. Uh, you know, one of those Tyler Scott touchdowns, he just he made a couple guys look bad, you know, running around with the ball in his hand on the perimeter. Um, but that's that's where I would have, you know, I, I, I still feel like safety help is going to be a thing that, that, you know, maybe that they're going to be able to keep whatever was working in the second half. Um, but that that I think required just keep the ball in front of you. You know, that's still an important thing in terms of where you're putting guys and make sure there's safety help deep, um, you know, no, no matter what you're dealing with. So that that I think I, I they might still commit a lot of you know resources to start stop in the run but they're just they're going to make sure there's somebody um you know basically that just just to make sure that there is someone there to defend against the home run threat
1: I think the other question for me with Indiana um is just do we and I think we we we've, we've talked about this in in different ways but is there any sort of uh is there any sort of shuffle coming on the offensive line? And some of that, I said this this morning on a radio appearance, people don't want to hear this. Some of that is defined by injuries, you know, that they're missing two of their, their top three centers. Um, they're starting right tackles out for the year with a torn ACL. Zach Carpenter may be back. And if Carpenter's, you know, like I'd be curious if Zach Carpenter is healthy again, if Caleb Murphy kicks to guard at all. And maybe suddenly there's a little bit more rotation there. I think, I think Murphy had a good game against Western Kentucky. I think he struggled more against Cincinnati to be fair. So did the entire line. So would a lot of, you know, what red shirt sophomore uh, first year offensive lineman against Cincinnati. And frankly, Nebraska's not Cincinnati. You know, it's a, it's a wild thing to say. Imagine saying that to someone 30 years ago, but Nebraska's not Cincinnati. Um, but Murphy has played guard. He started at guard in the spring and then moved to center, you know, once they felt he was comfortable with just the the, the, the sort of the, the functional demands of, of pass and run blocking. Um, but we've talked about Khalil Benson has, has kind of taken over that right guard spot that was kind of flipping back and forth between him and Tim Weaver and seemed to really make it his own. Um, we saw a little bit more of Josh Sales well not a little bit more for the first time really a little bit of josh sales in a game at right tackle at cincinnati not a ton um but it is worth saying sales i think is i don't remember what we saw him doing last year but i think he's played pretty much exclusively left whenever we've seen him this year so you know left and right tackle aren't the same position um they require different things and so maybe indiana felt like he needed a little bit more prep time before he got more uh run there but you do really feel like um, there's a chance we could see sales at right tackle. Um, I, I'm just curious, you know, something stuck with me. And I think you, you made note of it not long ago, you know, pretty much right after it happened when uh, Walt Bell got a question about offensive line play and, and both Bell and Allen without giving anything specific away, I don't think just tried to coach speak their way through questions about the offensive line either on Saturday or certainly on Monday in terms of saying it wasn't good enough. We've got to be better. Like this, just, this just is not acceptable. Now, Tom Allen said that before it's still not fixed, but what was interesting to the moment that was interesting to me was when Walt Bell got the question and he was in a real sort of like coach at a press conference rhythm. Like I'm not listening to your whole question. I'm going to pick up the buzzwords. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some buzzwords back. I'll give you some cliches and a, and a, you know, a a, 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 snappy quote. And we'll all have, you know, transactionally, we will have both gotten what we need out of the, 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 uh, the, the, the exchange here. And he was very much in that rhythm and, and Walt Bell's an engaging guy and he's a smart guy. And, um and then he got the question about the offensive line and he started to answer it and then he stopped and he paused and he looked down and he said, What did he say? Is he saying, Is that, that's a, that's a great question.
0: That's a fantastic question. That's
1: a fantastic question. Yeah. And it, it was, it was less about Rab
0: John said it. I feel like yeah, everyone yeah, well, it was.
1: It was, it was, it was, it was Rabbi, who said it and yeah. or asked it. You should say asked it, Yeah. And um, it was the way Walt Bell, it was less the, the whole like, that's a fantastic question. It was more like Walt Bell. In his own mind, a Walt Bell who's been a head coach mm-hmm. stopped and thought, "I need to think about what I'm going to say here." Like yeah. Walt Bell, who is again very engaging, very conversational, and very good at, at, mm-hmm. at giving you, you know, kind of the back and forth. If I'm going to give you an answer that goes in some depth and gives you some of what you need, but also doesn't Protect reveal my, anything while protecting I, yourself Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I don't want on the table. In that moment, he started to answer, then he stopped and he composed himself as mm. if to say, I need to, I need to think for a moment about, I think like this, I can't just do this in rhythm. I need to stop and think about what I'm about to say here. Right. It just feels like, I'm not saying Indiana is going to come out with four linemen like, or anything yeah. crazy revolutionary on Saturday, mm. but it does feel like there, there are some, I mean, I don't even want to say major changes because I think I think in people's mind that yeah. that's like five new guys.
0: No, so but yeah. I,
1: I really do think that we're going to see a shakeup on that line on Saturday. My gut just tells me we are in a way that maybe the staff would not have envisioned preseason.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would I would agree with that. I think we've talked a little bit about it. That that yeah, like let's break that I want to break down a couple different pieces to that because you know, look, everybody. The entire fan base is looking at this and saying, why isn't Darren Hiller fired today? Why wasn't he fired last week? Why wasn't he fired the week before? You know, I don't think that any of that's coming until at least the season ends and there's a full evaluation. I just don't think Tom Allen's that type of guy. Um, you know, I, so, you know, but I, I do think that, that that is being evaluated. I, I don't think that that is something that is beyond Allen's, you know, capability of doing later at some point, but they're. I I do wonder if there is some disagreement in terms, if that was a way of saying that there is disagreement in terms of how the rotation is being handled um, to this point. Um, So I don't know. We obviously don't know that in in any way, shape or form, but no, I mean, I think that I don't think there are too many places where actually let let me say that like out of five spots, I think there are a couple that are solid. Um, that, that I, I don't think that there's necessarily disagreement about. I don't think Luke Haggard's getting moved. You know, I think Luke Haggard is probably safe. I mean, I think his, I haven't looked at these in a minute, but I think his PFF run, you know, blocking grades are pretty good. Um, I ha- haven't seen a need to call out Luke Haggard, you know, so far this year. Um, haven't necessarily seen a reason to call out Mike Kadick. Uh, I, I think he's been okay. And then obviously there hasn't been any flipping there. I mean, Benson's, I mean, I I don't think that he's, I don't think Benson's distanced himself in the sense of he's getting the snaps, but I mean, it seems to me that drives go a lot better when Khalil Benson's playing right guard, you know, like, I mean, that, that, that's, that's anecdotal. I haven't broken that down to say, okay, let here's a Benson drive versus here's a team Weaver drive, but he seems to be moving people. And it does seem like every time I make note of the fact that Khalil Benson is playing right guard, uh, at least every other drive of those goes pretty well. Um, and if you told me there had been more touchdown drives that had Khalil Benson at right guard, I believe you. Um, and sales, I think, you know, just the simple fact that sales is at least, it, it was part of, you know, it was in the two deep last year as a true freshman, you know, was the, the guy that they moved when Matt Bedford was hurt to say, okay, you know, like, we we're happy with we're getting for Parker Hanna, who's a fifth year guy um, in as a college football player. Even though it was a Division II transfer, you know we feel solid about what he's doing. But you know, like this seems like an opportunity to get Josh Sales in the field if it comes about. The fact that they moved him over, you know, started playing him after Hanna gave up the strip sack on Saturday uh, tells me that they're interested in in seeing if he's ready because they've got to believe that he's one of the more, more talented guys they have. You know, more certainly one of the most most talented young guys they have. Um, and I think they're ready to see more of that. So I would not be one bit surprised if you see Benson and sales on the right half of that line this time.
1: Um, I don't know if there's a lot more to really say about this. I mean, it, it, I feel uncomfortable saying like a, a big 10 road game at Nebraska is a must win for Indiana. Um, and I don't, you know, listen, if they lose this game, but they beat Maryland and Rutgers, then I think they'll still be, you know, again, at very least, I think I think the minimum goal, I guess maybe this is the best way to wrap it up in my own mind. You can tell we've done a lot of really good deep advanced planning for this podcast. Um, we said, you know, we talked all off season, all summer about how Indiana's schedule broke itself up into these, these really sort of convenient chunks the first month was basically get your feet under you, get the, the bad taste of 2021 out of your mouth, and find out where your genuine ambitions are. If you can't win at least three of your first four games, you probably aren't a bowl team. Indiana did that. They needed some heroics to do it. They needed a little good fortune to do it, but they did do it. Um, and in, in a weird way, and I said this to our, our good friend, our mutual friend, Mike Glass, got on his radio show yesterday. In a weird way, I, I think the game that might have contained some of the most promising pockets of performance if that is a, a term with Cincinnati um you know the, the game they lost and lost comfortably um I, I still thought that was in a strange way in the game where maybe if you're if you're trying to cut out the bits and pieces and, and sort of weave them all together you you get some big chunks out of that game that looked really good against a really you know I was a really good team but probably a very good team um Indiana did that. Indiana took care of what it needed to take care of in September. It gave itself that platform. October is basically if you again, if you're a bowl team, and that's that's kind of the important rider to attach to this. If you are a bowl team, you need to be able to do X. If you can't do X, you're not a bowl team, and that's fine. Obviously, people will be frustrated or disappointed, but like you know, you are what you are at some level, and you can try to make yourself the best version of whatever you can be. But um, if you are a bowl team or a team with with legitimate bowl aspirations october's got to be about consolidating as much as you can and you know michigan is is probably the throwaway in that group though we've seen indiana play michigan tough at home i've seen probably i've probably seen worse indiana teams play michigan tough at home that happens um but you know when we talked about this season september was prove that you've put 21 2021 behind you November was boy you'd better have a lot of your work if not all your work done before now October was if September goes well October needs to be proving ground and that's where it feels like this game is is one Indiana has to look at as a potential win and, and when I, I mean obviously they want to win every game but you've got to look at this at this this game and say um you need you just You need to find a way to win it because you match up, I think, at least on paper, well with Nebraska. Nebraska's vulnerable. They're there for the taking. And it would also be, I mean, listen, the the other part of it is it's going to be difficult. I don't think Indiana is going to blow Nebraska out by any means. But a a win at night and homecoming in Lincoln, that's a confidence boost you know, that, 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 that takes you up a level. And I just think Indiana, I just think this is one Indiana needs to find, they need to find their way to winning this game, frankly.
0: Yeah, no, again, it, it definitely is. It is a confidence boost. that gets you starting to think whether that's right or not, you know, like I, I, I think it makes a difference just going forward, you know, basically like, I think if you can't beat Nebraska, I think you have a hard time feeling like you can beat Maryland, but if you beat Nebraska on the road at night, get all those, get, get that, big you know we want a big game feel we we beat a team in front of 80,000 um you know like of their of their fans whatever then then you feel like you know that you can beat a Maryland at home you can certainly go out to Rutgers and beat them you know like that that it definitely there's a lot of sort of intangible qualities to it that that again like it's on some aspect aren't real you know that, that like if you took the same group of guys you know just everybody was wearing T-shirts and shorts, and you took them out and play them in some park, someplace uh, that that you wouldn't necessarily get the same com- type of confidence. in. you're going to be going into Lincoln like Memorial Stadium. They're going to be sold out. It's going to be homecoming. They're a you know a generally um, uh, emotional group of people right now, and you're going to have to go into that environment and try to win a football game. And you seem to be good enough. Uh, to be able to do it um so if you do then you feel a whole lot better about you know the, the next couple that you got to get um and if you don't you feel a lot worse about the next couple you got to get so it, it's it's really a turning point game you know for for where the rest of this season is going to go um basically it's just a, a b- bottom line is like if, if if they win i think they got a Almost fifty percent shot of making a bowl game of, of, of getting two more someplace else. If they don't, I just I I I do not see it happening. I think that's that's the best way to put it. Is yeah, and, and that, I think that, becomes, that I think
1: uh, that is a good way to put it, and I think that is why it it feels like a must win. It's it's not a must win. Like oh my god, if you lose this, the season's over. Listen, yes, you could beat Maryland, Rutgers, and Purdue, and get to six wins and get to a bowl game, but it's the idea that this is you know. In the Big Ten, you're going to have to win some tough ones to get to six or seven. That's just part of it. There, there's no easy road to a bowl in a, in a nine-game Big Ten conference schedule. You're going to have to win one or two on the road. And and this year, one of those two, the other one being Rutgers, um, unless Michigan State just completely bottoms out, uh, one of those two is, is Nebraska. And if you've got it in you to – win this game, then you've got it in you to beat Rutgers at Rutgers. And then there's five. And then you've probably got it in you to, at worst, split Purdue and Maryland, and there's six. But if you don't, yeah so um that'll do it for Hoosier Hysteria other than to say we're excited to welcome back good friend of the podcast Courtney Cronin who will be co-hosting Hoosier Hysteria
0: wow or Mind Your Banners
1: this this is Mind Your Banners this is Mind Your Banners I was
0: trying to we don't host Hoosier Hysteria at all you
1: want to know why I'm not hosting Hoosier Hysteria is because of segways
0: like that that. uh this has
1: been Mind Your Banners Courtney will be hosting co-hosting Hoosier Hysteria with uh Rhett Lewis uh, he of the NFL Network and, of course, the IU radio broadcast, IU, IU football radio broadcast on October 7th. Uh, we will be there for that next Friday. But first, Nebraska, Saturday night, under the lights in Lincoln. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday to talk about all of that. But for now, for Dustin DiPiroc, I'm Zach Ostrom. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh